Bill Mainwood and his 13-year-old assistant, Derek Garston, were in the Hornet Heaven programme office. Bill sighed. I wish we'd won the Brighton game on Saturday, my boy. If we'd won it by a couple of goals, we'd have gone second in the Premier League. That would have given us some excitement to carry us through this interminable international break. Would you like one of my yellow sweeties to cheer you up, sir? No, thank you, my boy. The lack of fixtures is a real bore now we're in the Premier League. They came thick and fast in the championship. I know, sir. It's all right for people in the land of the living, sir. The media keeps them excited between matches. They get transfer rumours, sir. Scandal, sir. Twitter spat, sir. Up here, we don't get to see or hear any of that, sir. It's not fair, sir. Well, I'm afraid I don't approve of media hype, young man. It's all manufactured to feed fans' appetites. At least up here in Hornet Heaven, we've got the old games to keep going back to. Good point, sir. In fact, I'm ready for another one now, sir. I fancy a very exciting game. Let's go to the Leicester playoff semi, sir. Bill and Derek went out onto Occupation Road and through the ancient turnstile. In added time, the amazing climax of the Leicester game began to unfold. It's not fair, sir. Canockard obviously died, sir. If he scores this all, Almunia has saved it, sir. And again, sir. Don't need a running commentary. We've been back here to watch this game dozens of times before. Look, sir. Go and catch it. Go. I've never seen anything like this before. Calm down, my boy. You can't pretend it's the first time we've seen it. Hawk's going to score, sir. Wait, he's laying it back to... Yeah! Oh my God, sir. Oh my God. This is incredible, sir. I don't remember seeing anything like it, sir. Honestly, Derek, you've seen this very goal dozens of times, for goodness sake. Are you on drugs or something? Yes, sir. What? I took a pill earlier. But I'm a mind-altering drug, sir. And it's amazing, sir. Hornet Heaven. Series 5, Episode 3. Never Too High, Never Too Low. Written by Ed Wicken and Ollie Wicken. Read by Colin Mace. Earth Season 2017-18 Bill carried his young assistant into the atrium and laid the boy down on one of the yellow leather sofas. For a while he kept watch. Then, when the 13-year-old fell into an exhausted sleep after his drug-induced high, Bill went off to find Henry Grover the man who founded Watford Rovers in 1881. The father of the club was at the programme shelves. I'm so glad I've found you, Henry. I wanted to tell you as soon as I could. Someone is manufacturing drugs in Hornet Heaven. Henry glanced around the atrium. Shh, Bill, I know. But keep your voice down. 
The last thing I want is for other residents to find out. Oh, right, very wise. And have you discovered who it is? Oh, yes, I know exactly who it is. Good, because he's pushing his drugs onto innocent children. It has to stop. Absolutely. We definitely can't have that. There'd be less to go round for us grown-ups. Henry held out two small yellow pills in the palm of his hand. Don't say anything, old chap, or everyone will want one. Football fans crave any kind of stimulation during international breaks. Bill stared, horrified, as Henry popped one of the pills into his mouth and offered him the other. No, thank you, Henry. Oh, Bill, don't be such a stick in the mud. This little beauty delivers exhilaration of a kind you can't get anywhere else during these fortnights of enforced boredom. I don't want my excitement artificially induced. Watching Watford gives me all the natural euphoria I need, thank you. Well, sometimes it does. Every now and then, anyway. You see, Bill? This pill fills those gaps. It makes a trip back to watch an old game exactly that. A total trip, Daddy-o! Henry took two copies of a programme from one of the shelves and headed towards the atrium's exit. Come on, I'll show you. This trip is going to be... far out, man. On Occupation Road, on the way to the ancient turnstile, Bill refused another offer of a pill. The international break only lasts two weeks. We should all just wait for the away game at Southampton for any new excitement. We need to be patient, Henry. Oh, for goodness sakes, Bill. Don't be such a square. Have some fun for once. I do have fun. In moderation. Only yesterday I rearranged a whole pile of programmes in alphabetical order. Well... In just a moment, we'll be at the UEFA Cup home game against Kaiserslautern in 1983. This will be proper fun. It was the first ever European game at Vicarage Road. An absolutely incredible night. You remember what happened, I take it? Of course I do. We'd lost the away leg 3-1 in Germany. But we were ahead on aggregate inside ten minutes of the home leg. Exactly. Those first ten minutes were simply unforgettable. Henry took Bill through the ancient turnstile. They arrived inside Vicarage Road on September the 28th, 1983. The floodlights shone down from a black sky. Right! I can't wait to find out what happens. What? But you know what happens. We discussed it only a moment ago. You said it was unforgettable. Ha! Dear old Bill! Don't you know how this drug works? No. I've got no interest in artificial highs. Well, more for you, old son. You see, with this drug, as soon as you go through the ancient turnstile, you lose all knowledge of how the game you're revisiting turns out. It's like watching it for the first time. It's glorious! Goodness! That must be what Derek was experiencing 
when we went back to the 2013 Leicester playoff semi-final. No idea what game you're talking about, Bill. Right now, thanks to this drug, I don't know anything that happens to Watford on or after September the 28th, 1983. I possess no knowledge that could spoil my pure enjoyment of this game. I'm going to be living this game, not reliving it. Come on, let's go and stand behind the goal. But I haven't taken a pill. Then you simply won't enjoy it as much as I will. Now, let's get this party started. Bill went and stood with Henry under the scoreboard on the Vicarage Road Terrace. When the teams came out, he was pleased to be reminded that Watford had been wearing black shorts on the night, not the usual 1980s red. It wasn't a particularly exciting thing, it was just something that gave him a deep satisfaction that all was right with the world. The game started. After four minutes, John Barnes flicked the ball into the path of young Ian Richardson. Richardson controlled it deftly and slotted it into the corner of the Kaiserslautern net for the first goal. Bedlam broke out on the terrace around him. Bill definitely enjoyed it, experiencing it for the umpteenth time, but not nearly as much as Henry. Henry jumped onto Bill's back and screamed with joy. Get in! Oh my God, Bill! It's on! We could actually do this! This is amazing! Six minutes later, Nigel Callahan backheeled the ball to the overlapping Charlie Palmer. Palmer sent in a low cross. The Kaiserslautern keeper pushed the ball out. It hit one of his defenders and flew into the net. Watford were ahead in the tie. And there was pandemonium on the terrace again. Bill felt Henry on his shoulders this time. Henry was in his long johns, whirling his trousers around his head in complete rapture. Bill looked up at Henry. He wanted what Henry was having. But something felt wrong about it. Being able to enjoy the original euphoria of an amazing match, time and time again, felt like cheating. He looked up at Henry. Henry was trying to remove his long johns so he could swing those around his head too. Bill asked, Are you enjoying yourself up there, Henry? I'm totally stoked, man. Bill made a decision. He didn't want to be a killjoy, but the dishonesty of watching old games as though they were new made him feel as though the integrity of Hornet Heaven depended on his taking urgent action. He had to do something. He said, So, um, tell me, Henry, where can I get hold of what you're on? Henry leaned down and whispered the answer into Bill's ear. Bill nodded. He was now on a mission to shut down the Hornet Heaven drugs chain. Bill made his way through the murky half-light of the nether regions of Occupation Road, where new arrivals materialised and where Lamper, the former hooligan-turned-Hornet-Heaven chief steward, usually lurked in the shadows. Lamper? Lamper? Bill wanted to ask the chief steward to provide him with protection 
as he took on what might prove to be a violent drugs gang. But Lamper wasn't to be found. Bill rounded the corner and walked along behind the rookery stand, following Henry's directions. He felt scared. At the far end, through the gloom, he saw a wide staircase with six columns of steps divided by silver-coloured handrails. Cautiously, he descended. At the bottom on his right, he saw a heavy-duty metal cage guarding a yellow door. He noticed the edge open. Just a crack. A voice said, Who is it? Oh, hello. It's Bill Mainwood, from the programme office. The authorities, eh? Piss off, or you'll get a kicking. The yellow door shut. Bill, still outside the cage, called out, No, I'm here unofficially. I, I want to, uh, um... Bill braced himself to lie. He winced as he announced, I want to score some serious shit. The door opened again. Warily, a stocky skinhead in his 1980s casual gear of Lacoste polo shirt and Farrah slacks peered out. Through the gloom, Bill recognised the figure's scarred, shaven, slightly misshapen skull. Oh, it's you. Hello, Lamper. Oi, no names. This is a covert operation, you numpty. Lamper stepped forward and unlocked the metal cage door. He beckoned Bill through. Then he started to pat Bill down. Can't take no chances, can I? I was always Ornit Evans' top boy, but now I'm the street lord, the Frank Lucas, the Pablo Escobar. Welcome to the sugar house. Bill took a deep breath and stepped through the yellow door into a subterranean cavern. The underground space was windowless and airless with artificial strip lighting. On the walls were banners that Bill recognised from Saturday's Premier League home game against Brighton and Hove Albion. Written on the banners, columns and floor was a date. Suddenly, Bill realised what this place was. Lamper was using the 1881 bunker as his drugs den. After a little bit of ecstasy then, are ya? Bill thought about revealing his true intentions straight away, but he decided to play along for a bit longer. Is that what you call your yellow pill? Ecstasy? Course not. Ecstasy is what it gives you at old Watford games. My little yellow pill is called Bogside. Bogside? Why? Because back in the 70s, I was in the Bogside firm and it was the most exciting thing ever. You never knew what was going to happen next and when it all kicked off, now that was ecstasy. Bill stepped further into the bunker to establish the full extent of Lamper's drugs operation before he closed it down. On the far side, a machine was whirring. He went over to take a look. So, uh, this is where you cook up, is it? There, mate, 
I don't cook up. I'm far more sophisticated than that. The pills are plasma microchips. I bullied Roy in IT into showing me how to make them. They communicate with the technology behind the ancient turnstile to alter your experience. Bill had seen and heard enough. Well, I'm afraid that's where I take issue. Now listen to me, Lamper. The experience of watching Watford is all we have in Hornet Heaven. Tampering with it is dangerous. Who knows where it will lead? I insist you stop making and distributing your evil candy. Here, what's your problem? No one's ever had a bad trip on Bogside. I'm sorry, but what you're doing has to stop. It's wrong. How is it wrong? Do you really want me to list the ways? Well, for starters, amazing Watford moments are like a profound religious experience. We must feel them as they actually are, with our minds pure, clear and unaltered. God, you're a buzz killer, so you ban beer, would ya? And... There's a right way of doing things in Hornet Heaven. The old games are for reflection and nostalgia, not for having your mind blown. That's for the new games to do. Are you finishing any time soon, mate? And what does it say about our Watford paradise? If we take drugs to make our afterlife more exciting, it says Hornet Heaven isn't heavenly enough. We'll become dissatisfied with our eternal existence, and that would be terrible. We could probably borrow the media room if you want to do a full presentation, mate, with PowerPoint slides and that. But it goes much deeper, too. The memories of the joy I had at all those old matches aren't just Watford memories. They're a part of my own history. Part of me. Wiping them from my mind, albeit temporarily, would be messing around with who I am as a person. That has to be dangerous. Blinking flip! The international break is going to be finished before you are! At the end of the day, these pills are yet another thing that's been manufactured to get fans excited. They're like transfer tittle-tattle in the land of the living. They're designed to exploit the appetite that the charade of modern football has. Brilliant, mate! Brilliant! But saddle down your eye horse, will ya? Because I can undo all that with one question. Do you want some? Do ya? Now, 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 Lamper. I'm, I'm not interested in violence. I, I simply want to... Now, you muppet. Want some drugs, do ya? Some bogside? I bet you've never even tried it. Lamper pressed a small yellow pill into Bill's hand. Bill couldn't help staring at it. Suddenly, now he was holding it, he was awestruck at how something so small could turn old games into new games and bring such extraordinary joy. The promise of ecstasy was right there in the palm of his hand. He could almost feel it already. He wavered. No, I... Go on, mate. You deserve it. You know you do. All Watford fans deserve it. After what we had to suffer under Walter Matt Zari last season. 
You deserve rapture on tap, mate. Today, tomorrow, the day after. Every day. For eternity. Bill gazed at the tap. It was tiny. Taking it would be so easy. Now he looked at Lampa. Lampa was much more streetwise than he was. He felt a ridiculous prude by comparison with his school-marm attitude to drugs. And anyway, he asked himself, what was so wrong with Watford fans experiencing extreme bliss? Wasn't extreme bliss the whole point of an afterlife paradise? He apologised to Lampa for the intrusion, pocketed the pill and left the 1881 bunker. Bill Mainwood was suddenly feeling an appetite he'd never felt before. In the atrium, Bill stood and stared at the programme shelves, stretching far into the distance. The programmes in front of him represented the full playing history of Watford Football Club since 1881. He'd been to all of the very best matches already, many times. But the drug in his pocket would turn one of them into a virgin experience. He was twitching with excitement, but he couldn't decide which game to choose. He was pretty sure he should opt for the single most euphoric experience as a Watford fan to get the very most from the pill. But he couldn't work out which game that would be. Was it winning promotion to the top flight for the first time in 1982? Or reaching the FA Cup final in 1984? Or winning at Wembley in 1999? He felt his appetite growing. As he contemplated the possibilities, he started to wish he had more than one pill. After all, there were more than 5,000 games available. If he went to each one in order, and took a pill before he went through the ancient turnstile every time, he could live Watford's entire existence as a series of first-time experiences, from the very first friendly games in Vicarage Meadow to the most recent Premier League game at Vicarage Road. He'd be able to experience the whole 136-year story, game by game, without spoilers. He couldn't think of anything more wonderful. He'd completely forgotten his earlier conviction that no one should interfere with the integrity of Hornet Heaven. Ah, Bill! I hear you fixed yourself up with some stash. Seen the light, have you, old son? Joining us ravers, are you? Bill turned and saw that Henry's pupils were hugely dilated. This only made Bill more excited at what lay in store. He said, I've got myself a sweet little tab of bogside. You know what they say, live fast, die young. Even though you're 92 and you're already dead, excellent attitude, old chap, and such a very good example to set your young assistant, Derek, may I say. Oh, yes, I, I was a bit worried that some people might think a junkie is a bad role model for a 13-year-old boy. Well, they'd be wrong. Poor Derek died young before he even had the chance to live fast. That lad deserves to snort, swallow, or shoot up all the narcotics he can lay his hands on. Henry, 
That's a bit much. Are you still high after Kaiser Slouten? I, um, I might be. A little bit. But it's jolly well time you were too. Come on, Bill. Pop your pill and let's find you a game. I think I may know just the one. You'll be buzzing your tits off in no time. I'm ready. Bring it on. Bill pulled the yellow pill out of his pocket. He looked at it and had one last moment of doubt. Are you sure there are no adverse effects? Oh, Bill, you've seen the joy Bogside has given Derek and me. What could possibly go wrong? Bill popped the tab of Bogside into his mouth and shouted, You won't! On Occupation Road, outside the ancient turnstile, Bill said to Henry, Golly, I'm so excited, Henry. I've been back to this game dozens of times over the years, but when you already know the score, it doesn't quite feel the same as it originally did. Revisiting the game without this drug can't recapture the sheer unexpectedness of Watford 7, Southampton 1. Absolutely! It was the most astonishing result in Watford history. You're in for the ride of your afterlife, old chap. Goodness, I do hope the pill works. I don't feel any different at the moment. Don't worry. Bogside kicks in when you go through the turnstile. Once you're in the ground, you'll find you have no knowledge of anything that happened to Watford on or after September the 2nd, 1980. Come on! In you go! They passed through the ancient turnstile. The floodlights were on for another Vicarage Road night, and there was a very decent crowd of 16,000. Henry felt jealous of what Bill was about to experience. He took Bill onto the Vicarage Road terrace beneath the scoreboard to make sure his old friend felt the full effect. But when the Watford team ran onto the pitch in their shiny yellow shirts and shiny red shorts, Bill asked, Um, which team is that, Henry? Henry frowned. And what's the name of this ground? I've never been here before. What? I mean... Football's all right, but I couldn't really say I'm a big fan of any particular team. Bill! What's happened to you? This is Watford! Your team! Watford? Never heard of them. Oh well, let's hope it's a good match for the neutral. As the match kicked off, Henry tried to work out what had happened. Somehow, he realised the pill must have erased Bill's knowledge of anything that had happened to Watford before September the 2nd, 1980, as well as on or after. In the tenth minute of the game, Henry watched Bill's lukewarm reaction as Malcolm Poskett scored Watford's first goal. Hmm, nothing particularly special about that. Henry realised that Bill must have no idea what the score had been in the first leg at Southampton. He informed Bill that Watford had lost the first game 4-0. Well, that makes this a complete waste of time, and even if there was a surprise result, I don't really care for either team. Should we go? Henry persuaded Bill to stay. They watched Ray Train make it 
and Martin Patching make it 3-0. The crowd around them was beginning to believe in the impossible, but Bill seemed more interested in the pigeons on top of the Schrodel stand. Henry began to be upset for Bill. The drug wasn't giving his old friend a euphoric experience at all. In fact, it was making Bill enjoy the occasion less than he would have done if he'd come to the game normally. After Southampton pulled one back, Bill didn't see Ian Bolton's penalty putting Watford 4-1 up because he had his back to the game while he read the adverts on the scoreboard. This was the point at which Henry began to realise with horror the true extent of what had happened to Bill. Thanks to the drug, Bill wasn't a Watford fan anymore. He had no Watford memories, no passion for the club, no loyalty, no love. The drug had turned him into an empty ghost. His soul contained none of the depth and richness that decades of supporting Watford had put there. Bill Mainwood wasn't Bill Mainwood. Henry stood in front of Bill and put his hands on Bill's shoulders. Bill, my old friend, I can't bear to see you like this. I don't think much of those silly jumping men on the scoreboard. I need to take you away from here, get you back to being yourself. I do rather like Watford's red shorts, though. No, you don't, Bill. You like black shorts. You're wrong, of course, but you do. That's one of the things I love about you. I want you back, Bill. The real you. Henry took Bill by the arm and led him down off the terrace. As Ross Jenkins levelled the tie with Watford's fifth goal and 16,000 real-world Watford fans experienced the euphoria of an intensity that most had never felt before, Henry and Bill, feeling no excitement whatsoever, went back through the ancient turnstile. Open up! Lampert, open up immediately! Henry grabbed the wires of the cage outside the 1881 bunker and shook them angrily. There was no answer from behind the yellow wooden door. Henry said to Bill, I'm furious with him. What happened to you was unforgivable. It's my own fault. I should never have dabbled with drugs. But are you sure you're OK again? Now that you're this side of the ancient turnstile, let me check. Who scored this club's first ever hat-trick? Freddie Sargent on March 21st, 1885. Excellent. That's the knowledge of an extremely well-informed Orn. And who did Miguel Britos get sent off fouling last week? That horrid little Anthony Canockart. Good. The attitude of a true Watford fan. You've made a full recovery. Henry banged on the cage and shouted for Lamper again. Soon the yellow door inside the cage opened. All right, all right, keep your flipping air on and don't call me Lamper. I'm Pablo now, the drug's kingpin. Lamper came out and unlocked the metal cage door. Henry stormed through into the gaudy yellow 1881 bunker. Bill and Lamper followed. Inside, Henry grabbed Lamper by the collar of his Lacoste polo shirt and said, Your drugs are an evil. Bogside is a menace to society. Well, you've changed your tune, mate. 
You've been loving your bog side. Bill has just had a bad trip. He went to a game and suddenly he wasn't a Watford fan. It's unconscionable. Not supporting Watford is the worst possible thing that could happen to anyone. He must have got hold of a different drug from somewhere else. Maybe some other pusher is trying to muscle in on my patch. What? With a drug people can take to forget their Watford fans? When would anyone ever want to do that? I bet the drug's called Bassini. <laughs> no, Lamper. It was definitely Bogside I took. Well, you look all right to me. No harm done, eh? No, I've founded this club and I won't allow what's going on. I've seen what a bad trip did to Bill and it was terrifying. It may only have been temporary in this instance, but what if the effect had been permanent? Not being a Watford fan altered Bill's personality. It stole his soul. He had no identity. It removed the reason for his existence. Your drug has no place in Hornet Heaven, Lamper. Henry looked across the bunker. He let go of Lamper and marched over to Lamper's machine. Is this what you use to make bogside? Yeah? So what? Henry heaved the machine off its table. No! Get your hands off it! Henry lifted the machine above his head. Don't! I'll bash your face in! Every day! For eternity! Henry hurled the machine down onto the pale yellow bricks of the bunker floor. It smashed into pieces. No! Henry turned to Lamper and Bill and announced, There'll be no more drugs in Hornet Heaven. We're going clean. It's up to Marco Silver and his team to provide us with ecstasy, in heaven as it is on earth. I'm not the kingpin anymore. <laughs> mend it. You've got to mend my machine. From across the room, Bill looked at Henry with admiration. Henry had loved Bogside, and the rapture on tap it had given him, but the father of the club wasn't prepared to accept its downside. Henry was taking a stand and finally doing what Bill had originally wanted to do before the drug had lured him to the dark side. Henry was doing the right thing. Bill found himself running over to Henry. A few minutes ago at the 7-1 Southampton game, Bill hadn't been a Watford fan. There had been an empty void at the core of his being. But now he was a Hornet again, and he would be a Hornet for the rest of all time. No dodgy drugs would stop him. Nothing would stop him. He reached Henry and threw an arm around his old friend's shoulders. He jumped up and down crushing the fractured remnants of the bogside machine beneath his boots. Henry joined in. They bounced together, totally elated. Eventually, Bill and Henry stopped jumping. Lamper was lying on the floor, sucking his thumb. The two old men 
headed out of the bunker, leaving the wreckage of the Hornet Heaven drugs industry behind them. Henry said, Well, that's that, Bill. It's now up to Marco Silva to supply us with our next proper buzz. Let's hope we get a fresh delivery, nice and soon. On the Saturday, Bill and Henry went to watch Watford play Southampton again, something they'd done more than 80 times before. On Occupation Road, Bill said, Henry, I want to apologise for how I've behaved during the international break. Goodness me, Bill, don't blame yourself. In modern football, there are all kinds of outside forces deliberately cranking up people's emotions. Fans are manipulated by the broadcasters, the newspapers, the advertisers. Lamper's drug was just another one of those outside forces. But I do still blame myself, Henry. I wish I'd taken a bit more notice of what Malky Mackay used to say when he was manager. Never too high, never too low. Ah, Malky, one of the game's great philosophers. When he wasn't flattening centre-forwards, that is, or sending text messages. Bill smiled, and the two old friends went through the ancient turnstile to the Southampton game, wondering how they'd feel this time. So, Bill, what do you reckon? Exciting enough for you? Definitely, Henry. With games like this in Hornet Heaven, there'll never be any need for drugs. Look around. How happy everyone is. Absolutely, Bill. We may not be feeling quite as euphoric as we were at the 7-1 win in 1980, but winning 2-0 at St Mary's to put us fourth in the 2017 Premier League will do for me. It'll do for me too, Henry. We've been sensational. This is one of my favourites of the 80 or so games we've played against the Saints. We've won here before, but this feels like a new high. Hi, <laughs> eh, Bill? Without it having been narcotically induced? Definitely. Right now, I've got such a warm glow about my club, I'm feeling... Go on, Bill. What are you feeling? I'm feeling totally loved up, man. End of episode three. The next episode of Hornet Heaven will be series five, episode four. Hornet Heaven was created and written by Watford fan Ollie Wicken. It was read by Watford fan Colin Mace. It was produced by Watford fan John Mooney. Music by Watford fans Steve Joy and Jeff Wicken. <laughs>